Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk about it on, on Nightlife Twenty Four Seven. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nightlife Twenty Four Seven. As always, I'm your boy Mac. Listen, we have a really really awesome topic today uh, but before we jump into that topic let me introduce my guest she hasn't been on for a while we've you know life happens this pandemic thing is just a little crazy people have to still keep doing things in life to move forward and move into new houses <laughs> everybody please give a warm warm welcome for miss sarah Steele. hi guys how are y'all doing Hey, it's great. It's great to have you back on. And everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you know, we got to talk more because you just got so much stuff going on. We just haven't had you on in a while. But <laughs> we, we got to talk more. Uh, I, 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 I got to get uh, your partner back on here and, and have him talk some more to uh, Master Inferno. But that's going to come in time. Um, everyone, please give a warm welcome also for my partner, Amethyst. She's always on the show. So I know you guys love her. I know you love the way she talks half the time. She just doesn't really give a damn. I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. That's me all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so today's topic, today's topic is something I'm going to be honest. I thought it would never happen in my lifetime. I really did not think it would happen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a town in Massachusetts, if I remember correctly, it's called Somerville. Am I correct? That is correct. All right. And Somerville is the first town, not state, but town to recognize poly relationships. Now, we're going to talk about that because the simple fact is this. They have never, ever any state has never taken a step to say a person that is in a household that is more than one person or a unit that may not even be contingently married now has rights when it comes to insurance and other issues. Hell, we just got them to start legalizing most states to agree to legalize LGBT. And some of them still don't. So... The reason Ms. Steele is here is for the simple fact to help you guys understand how important this is and how this benefits this community. 
So, Sarah, what was your take on this when you first read it? Well, let me start off real quick and let everybody know a little bit about my credentials. Okay. Because, well, the state part of Georgia actually requires me to do that. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Sarah Steele. I am an attorney licensed to practice here in the state of Georgia. I am the only open out and practicing um, alternative lifestyle, especially poly, specializing attorney in Georgia, the Southeast, and possibly the United States. We're still looking into that. <laughs> and I, um, I am licensed here in Georgia. So the advice that I will be giving, or at least the information I'll be giving, does not constitute legal advice. And it's coming from a Georgia perspective, although we are talking about Massachusetts um, law, specifically a municipality in Massachusetts. So with all that being said, please know that this does not constitute the creation of an attorney-client relationship. Um, nothing that I am going to say today to you all or to the wonderful listeners out there is to constitute legal advice. No assembly required, batteries not included. Cool. All right, we got that out of the way. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of podcasts. Can you tell? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, say that, say that three times backwards, okay? I can say it in my silly honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, you're absolutely correct. As far as uh, same-gendered marriages are concerned, uh, we uh, with the passing or the actually the striking down of DOMA um, back in I want to say it was 2013. Um, I was actually at the Stonewall Bar the day that that happened. That was a, a pretty glorious celebration in New York. Um, but yes, uh, federal law dictates that people who are of the same gender can actually get married now. And that means that all states are supposed to recognize that. Of course, there are people with differing opinions mm -hmm. <laughs> have tried to change that. But so far, the striking down of DOMA has been upheld. So me and people like me, because I do identify as a femme lesbian, um, are able to get married now. Um, but a little bit of background here so that everybody will know where I'm coming from. As uh, you mentioned, Mac, um, I do have one partner. I'm actually engaged um, to Sir Amber, and uh, she goes by Amber. It's, it's fine. Um, and she and I live as, well, as wife and wife pretty much until we make it legal. Um, but I also do live with Master Inferno, who is another partner of mine. We have a polyamorous um, household I am sort of the in that relationship. And so whenever this news came down, uh, as far as what Somerville did, I mean, I, I was absolutely just, just gobsmacked. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Because I was with you, because I never thought, okay, I'm not going to say I never thought I wouldn't see it in my lifetime, because first of all, I'm not that old. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> second of all, actually, I am. I'm ancient, y'all, seriously. Uh, but really, I thought moves would be made in that direction, but it would be lobbyists. You know, the National Coalition right, for Sexual right. Freedom is a huge lobbyist for um, both BDSM and poly-style uh, relationships, both of which are currently not legal. Um not necessarily criminalized, also, although some things can be criminalized in both BDSM and poly, uh, or ethical non-monogamy is what I like to call it. Okay. Um, but the uh, but for the majority of it, I just thought it would be lobbyist groups like the NCSF who would be talking about it, who would bring it up as a dialogue, just like they make it a dialogue about how you know consent can be given for you know uh, assault and battery type acts. You know, right. and it's not abuse. 
And so that's what I thought I would hear about first. Because, I mean, the NCSF has been doing things like that for years, as have other um, E&M, Monogamy, E&M groups. But for someone to just jump in and go, ta-da, here's a law, <laughs> I'm like, oh, well. And it's funny because uh, Amber was actually the one who brought it to my attention. See, we were uh, Amethyst through. brought it to mine. Amethyst, yeah. brought, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, well, it was shocking to me because, you know, normally I would think the NCSF or somebody would tweet it would. I thought this would have been just like blasted all over the news, you know. Uh Um, We're walking through a store. I don't remember where we were. And I think we were buying groceries for the week. And she said, "Um, you need to look at this. And, And she doesn't get serious like that very often. And I'm like, oh, God, what's going on now? Because, you know, right. what's the year we've all had? I'm like, <laughs> all right. That's right. It's like, let's uh, let's see what plagues are upon us now. We've already had locusts. <laughs> we've had, you know, the, the sandstorms. And uh, we've had the bees. <laughs> you know, we've had all sorts of, of people marching in the streets trying to get rights that they should have gotten hundreds of years ago. You know, what do we got next? COVID? Oh, yeah. Oh, the bubonic plague's coming up in China again. That's awesome. You know. <laughs> so I'm like, so when she says, oh, you've really got to see this. I'm like, oh, God, what now? You know. So it was actually um, in the Poly Geekery group, which is actually a pretty big Facebook group. And they have a, a branch of it here in Georgia. And apparently one of the people who was the council members there in Somerville was the person who was posting this this guy just happened to be in the poly geekery group and he was basically like hey guys look at what we did today and i'm reading this and i said is this a hoax and she <laughs> said generally yeah, seriously i'm like am i being punked what's going on here you know and she said from everything i can find and you know she's a librarian by hobby and one day by trade you know she knows how to do research you know and she usually doesn't just throw any kind of pasta at the wall and see what it'll stick information-wise with me because she knows how much I don't like that because, you know, she doesn't like it either. Right. And she said, you know, this guy is legit. He's a member of the group and blah, 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 and all this. And I'm like, okay, let, let me check this out, you know. And I started checking it out. And that's whenever, um, for those of you who saw my Facebook post, um, and I believe Amethyst was um, one of the ones who saw my post first, um, yeah. I had attached the actual ordinance, and I have that pulled up right now, actually, um, the actual ordinance that they passed is the three-page declaration. Um, it's City of Somerville Ordinance Number 2020-16, and it was passed in City Council on June 25th, and it enumerates that marriage does not mean... They, they took out the language that said that marriage had to be between two people. Right. And more than one person could declare a domestic partnership with more than one person. Right. You know, and it gives the definitions and all this. And, you know, there's there's some parts to the ordinance that was wonderful. And there were some parts of the ordinance that make me go, why? And it was funny because as I was spreading this around to my ethical non-monogamy groups, you know, um, a very dear friend of mine, um, she is like a, a huge uh, presenter and, and teacher and she's a life coach and all of this and, we're, and she actually has a JD she just um, never <laughs> never bothered to get dumb enough to pass the bar and you know do all that because I don't blame her um, she took the, the good way out you know she decided to turn her life into something fruitful and she uh, <laughs> okay. and she I'm one of the few lawyers that actually likes what I'm doing y'all 
but you know, she sounded like a lawyer. The first thing she asked me about was, you know, blah blah. What do you think about this way? And I'm like, God, she's such a lawyer. Although she's not a lawyer, and <laughs> she said, you know, what do you think about all this and that? I said, you know what? I said, even if it gets, even if that part gets struck down, or that to change this part, or whatever the case may be, at least it's a start. Well, see, because that's, in that my was lifetime, my thing. that was my yeah. thing. It's a start. But my question, I want to ask you a quick question. Okay, do, sure. Do you and Amethyst just think about this? Because y'all guys have been in the lifestyle and poly more than half of your life. Do you right. think right. this is more so of a test case? You know, they're going to use the rest of the states or the rest of the counties or rest of the towns or looking this as a test case to see how it will move forward. You know, I don't know the political breakdown of Somerville, Mar uh, Maryland, goodness gracious, Somerville, Massachusetts. What I do know is that it is a blue state. I mean, we, we know this. Right. Uh, but it's also a highly, you know, Christian state, as most states are here in the United States. And a lot of people like to hang their hat whenever you, you talk about legislating um, either consensual um, BDSM or consensual non-monogamy is, you know, the morality part of it. So I would, I personally would love to talk to this guy. I'm going to try to find him in the polygeekery group again, and I'm going to ask him, hey, man, you know, kind of exactly what it is that you just asked. I honestly don't think he wants it to be just a, a guinea pig hamster type situation. Right. I think he wants it to be the real deal. And he decided to throw the pasta on the wall to see what would stick. Exactly. And God bless him. I mean, really. Um, I think he convinced enough of the city council members or enough people who thought like him ran for city council and got elected and then, um, I mean, maybe this was something they had planned to do all along. I mean, there are a thousand different ways that this could have happened. Um, but I know, I mean, and just give you a little civics lesson, and the listeners a small civics lesson since, you know, probably none of us have studied civics in sixth grade. How this is going to work is that this is a city ordinance. So anybody who lives within the power and control of the city of Somerville can live under this ordinance. Cool. But there's something called the full faith and credit clause that is a part of the United States Constitution. Right. This is actually how marriage equality for all genders came about was people would get married in Vermont and then like Amber and I could get married in Vermont and then we'd move to Nebraska. They had to record they had to have it was a it was a requirement for them to recognize the, the marriage license certificate and the resulting legal marriage that occurred in Vermont. Now and that then, is going to be my question. Yes. What is the likelihood that this uh, that Somerville becomes like this blocking place? Because right, that's being, what I was thinking. People are always there. These questions about where can me and my partners all do a right. ceremony. And we're always like, well, we can do your ceremony, but it's still not legally recognized here. Does this right. then make that kind of a mecca for people to go and do their unions and then come oh, back Oh, they home? absolutely will. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you know it will. Just like Vermont did for same-gendered couples who wanted to get married in Hawaii. 
I, I mean, I, we, we all lived through that, the three of us, you know. We were old enough to remember that, about how everybody was going to Vermont, and Hawaii saw that, and they wanted in on it, so Hawaii got in on it. I honestly think that marriage equality started because people wanted to get the money from the weddings, and the, the lawyers subsequently wanted to get the money for the divorces, and then and it just spread. They just made this place, like, basically a a poly uh, marriage mecca. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, and God bless them. I mean, you know what? Maybe that's how they convinced the other people on the city council to vote for it. You know, again, I, I mean, maybe I can get get a hold of this guy and maybe he can come on your radio show, too, and, and talk that. about I would, that. I would truly love that because I love the reasoning behind what prompted them to move forward with it which was hey you know during this time of COVID-19 there are people here in this type of relationship and they're not covered by insurance and they should be covered by insurance they should be able to see their partner or partners if they're sick in the hospital and know that they're okay to be with them and to me that, that reasoning to me was so sound I was like he didn't come off and say, oh, well, I just think, you know, because it exists and we have a large group in our community, it should happen. He was like, no, they should be able to have the same rights where there's one person, three person, 15 people. And right. that to me was just so logical. I was like, OK, this guy knows what he's talking about. And especially when he said, I have so many friends that are poly yeah. and I understand yeah. what they're going through. To me, that that just blew my mind. I was just like, OK. This guy is setting the precedent for this thing to become a state law and then possibly a federal law. Well, and that's exactly how, you know, back to the civics lesson, that's exactly how this happens is that, you know, say me and Master Inferno and Sir Amber, we all go to, you know, Somerville and get this declared and don't think we haven't thought about it, by the way, by the way, because he has a government job with government benefits. Yeah. So do not at all. And I have a, you know, I have a five-year-old son from a prior marriage that we all co-parent. And so do not think, no trust and believe that we've already had this conversation. Oh, we have but too, they, me and Amethyst. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yes. So we could go and like she and I were planning on getting married anyway. We could get married. We could go have a domestic partnership declared with him. And then if we came back to Georgia, they would have to recognize this now. There's a lot of people that will stamp their little feet and have their little temper tantrums just like they did with e- marriage equality. And you know what? The same exact process will go through. Somebody will go up there and do that, and they will move somewhere else. And see, this is kind of how it worked with marriage equality. You know, like I said, it started out with Vermont and Hawaii, and then a few more states got in on it, and a few more and a few more. But eventually it spread to all the states, even the reddest of the red states, because as people grow and move and populate and all this, the diaspora happens and it spreads far and everything gets far flung and the states have to start addressing these issues, whether they want to or not. And by the way, for the record, they really don't want to. If they did, they would have been the ones to enact these sorts of laws. But that's the good news about the city of Somerville doing it is that one place in America has done it. That means anybody can go there. Anybody can get the domestic partnership declared, and then anybody can take it back to their states and make 
the people in their states talk about it. That's what happened with marriage equality. That's exactly what I see happen, happening here. I really do. Um, the do only see, thing that do, the city... Do you, do you see states like uh, Utah, and because they have polygamists already, um, following suit quickly or just sitting back? Well, but here's the thing. You know, everybody watches Sister Wives and they just assume that everything was cool and kosher in Utah. It wasn't. Remember in the middle of the series, they had to move to uh, Nevada for a right. reason. Right. They, they moved. Correct. A lot of them moved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so where religiously it is allowed, Cody and his wives wanted recognition legally. And that's whenever they started to get into, you know, sort of a bind with it. Um there's a lot of different prejudices that people who are ethically non-monogamous face. You know, there are some mortgage companies that won't put more than two people on the mortgage of a house. And I'm just to give the, the listeners a little bit of background, because I know you all know this. Um, I was one of the lawyers who was putting together domestic partnership agreements for um, same-gendered couples before marriage equality occurred. And now I still do it for polyamorous families or ethical non-monogamous families. Um, And I can effectuate legally almost every, almost, not everyone, but almost every right that you get whenever you're married um, through paperwork. Of course, being married or having a domestic partnership makes things a whole hell of a lot easier. Um, But I was one of the ones that was putting all that paperwork together. Now... Um, as far as Cody and is concerned, like I said, they got in trouble whenever they wanted to be legally accepted. Uh-huh. Whenever it, you know, culturally it was okay in Utah, right. but the second they started going, "Hey guys, we want to own real estate together. We want to do all of this together." Right. Right. Um, that's whenever the state said, "This is illegal. Get out. We've got a bad enough reputation for this." Blah blah blah. And of course, they're they're totally relationship shaming whenever they're doing that. Um, But it goes deeper than that. It's not just the states and their laws and their alleged morality. Like I said, it's hard to get a mortgage with more than two people on it. There's a couple of companies that absolutely allow. I teach about that in my ethical non-monogamy in the law class. Um, There are, you can have as many people on a deed that you want, but on a mortgage, not so much, which of course, business-wise makes absolutely no sense to me because if you've got three people with three decent credit scores and three good incomes, that's an extra person that is liable to pay the note so you don't have to let it go into foreclosure and you have to sell it and do all this why would you not want multiple people on the mortgage this never made any sense to me i I don't know either Uh, let me okay amethyst let me ask you this yeah we talked about possibly going i even said you do Massachusetts now, and I, I know I may have said it in a joking, but when I first met you, you had multiple partners, approximately four, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. If we had truly never met, and this still happened, knowing the way you felt about fifty percent of your partners, where you were completely, totally involved, love with them, would this would be something that you would consider still moving there and say, hey, let's let's all do this and work together and have this and you know. So I think the key is always having the right partners. Just because you have multiple partners does not mean it's necessarily a good idea. Well, no, um, I agree. I if agree. You have a, if you have a really good working unit, um, all living together, all thriving together, I don't see a reason why not. See, but my issue is this, and this, and I, and I guess I'm gonna be the devil's advocate here. Here's a city that recognizes 
what we do, what we believe in, and we're okay. Won't be looked upon, shamed, or shunned, okay? But now we are considering moving to a place we don't know anything about. We don't know the job situation. We don't know what the real estate situation. We don't know the school situation. But well, you don't have to relocate. You okay, just have to go there and have it done. It's the same thing as going and getting married on an island somewhere. Okay. They still have to well, recognize it when you come home. Well, that's the theory, but understand something, Amethyst. They will recognize it eventually, because, but remember, first, you have to be discriminated against by an employer or by whomever you know, that says that they're not going to recognize your declaration from the city of Somerville. Then you have to sue in federal court, so on and so forth, and, of course, hope and pray that it gets to the Supreme Court of the United States, and then that solves all the problems. But even in your own federal district, you have to get it through that where the, the judges in that district will say, yes, absolutely. You know, you have to, to you know, uh, recognize this as part of full faith and credit. But that can take years. Yeah, and the question so is, do you willing to take on that fight? Right? Yeah, but I don't want people to listen to this podcast and get the idea that they can go to Somerville, right, they come right. home. Yeah, just understand something. It will eventually be recognized, but it might take a long time. Right. So if that's the sort of if you're looking for quick results, you might want to move to Somerville. Right. If you are okay with being the person that stands up and says this is what I want to do for everybody, and it will also benefit me, then yeah, absolutely, go get it done and come back to your own state. Exactly, and see that would be my point. Is like the only way to push it to a federal level is to get it challenged in, like you're saying, in federal court. You got to keep going up and up and up. Right. So that to me, that's kind of the the foot in the door fight we were looking for, but, but I do understand some people aren't wanting to put their lives out there and have right, that right. fight. Right, right. That's why I was gonna say everybody's not a fighter, and that's why I'm saying some people may say, you know what, it's best for us to move there and stay there, whereas others like, yeah, well, let's do this and come back, but then they have to. It's an uphill battle. It's truly well, an uphill battle. Yeah, everybody's not everybody's not Sarah Steele and everybody's not Amethyst where they're stubborn and like I'm gonna make you change this. You know, you need to get some damn common sense. What's your problem? It's, you know, the world is changing. Why aren't you changing? Yeah, so you know, so everybody doesn't have that mentality. I mean, I, right. God knows, I wish they did, but. Um, well, and that's why I wanted to make sure that, it, that people listening understood, you know, just because you go to Somerville, get this done and come back, don't expect instant results. Now, you know what? Some employers might go, yeah, okay, we'll put you on the insurance. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, what all domestic partnerships, you know, got uh, whenever before marriage equality. But you, people oppose this. And so this is a landmark case or a landmark ordinance and a landmark instance for a reason i mean we're having a whole podcast about it you know it's that level of significant but unfortunately with you know things like that you never know how long it's going to take for it to become uniform so just be aware of that right Right. because as i remember correctly as you stated before when you read the ordinance there were a lot of things you liked about it but there's some things that probably needed to be changed or the wording needed to be clarified a little bit more to make it beneficial for, for those units or those poly families. And yeah. I guess for, for timeline context, I can remember being in middle school and 
one of our teachers may be going to Vermont to get married to her partner um, and coming back here. But yet it wasn't, didn't finally make it there to what, 2015? Right. So, you know, that's a long time. We're talking about from something that happened when I was in the 90s and I remember being aware of it in school to not coming to fruition until I was in my 30s. So for people who are like, you know, she's saying it t- could take several years. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a long battle to make it an overall thing. Right. But so going back to what I stated, so as you read the ordinance, Sarah, do you see there were many things that needed to be corrected or changed in just the wording itself or for clarification? You know, surprisingly not. I was really pleased at how straightforward it was, at how minimalist it was, because if anybody knows anything about the Constitution, whether a constitutional scholar or a constitutional attorney, you know, the the Constitution was originally, of the United States was originally written, you know, uh, sort of obtuse because the founding people, I know it's founding fathers, but founding people, I try to stay gender neutral in my uh, my pronouns and references. <laughs> um, they wanted to ensure that it would be a living and breathing and changing document, so that because they know that progress happens, you know right. they know that technology happens. They knew all of this. They were very wise, and what it is they did. And it seems like that the people who wrote this ordinance in Somerville took something, you know, sort of took a page from that book. And took that into consideration because I'm looking at it right now, y'all. It is two full pages and then maybe two lines on the third page. Really, that's all there is to it. Okay. And I think it's awesome. The only thing that I question, uh, and this was what my my friend who's a, who's a lawyer, who's a lawyer who's not barred, how about that, okay. um, we're talking about was um, the termination of it where it says, a domestic partnership is terminated by the death of a domestic partner or by the filing of a termination statement, so basically a divorce. Um, so the death of a domestic partner automatically terminates the domestic partnership. Um, and then a domestic partnership may be terminated by a domestic partner who files for the city clerk, of course, you know, like a divorce type thing. That's fine. Um, the voluntary termination of a domestic partnership shall be effective immediately. You know, the termination of domestic partnership is effective immediately upon the death. Um, and if a part- domestic partnership is terminated by any domestic partner, no domestic partner may file another domestic partnership until 90 days have elapsed. So it's kind of like having, you know, a marriage waiting period because there used to be waiting periods from the time you were divorced until you could get married again. I think in some states they still have that. Um and the only reason why that's – now, the good news is, is uh, upon rereading that, it does say if you terminate a domestic partnership, you can't enter into it. If someone passes away, that's something different. But to me, still, why would you terminate the domestic partnership if only one member of the domestic partnership passes? Right. I mean, that seems kind of like I, – I, I mean, maybe they just want to make sure that if one person dies – that it's automatically terminated, and if you want to re-up, you can go back and re-up with who's left. You know, maybe like in my situation, um, and I can actually play devil's advocate here here really quick, which, you know, I'm good at that. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> but uh-huh. say, 
and God forbid, I'm having major surgery on Friday and something was to happen to me, if Amber and Master Inferno and I were all in a domestic partnership, if I died, there is no romantic or sexual link between Amber and Master Inferno. Um, they're, uh, they're significant brothers is what Amber calls them, uh, is what he calls her. You know, he's my significant brother. Now, they might would stay together for the purposes of co-parenting my son because there's a law here in Georgia about fake to skin, but that's another show <laughs> about people who can step in and actually parent who's not blood relations um, in the event of a death or divorce or something to that effect. But other than my son, there is no link between the two of them other than the fact that they're just friends. So I like the fact that they give you the option upon death that if everybody still wants to commit, they can recommit. Because in a situation like ours, if I were to die, it would kind of suck if they were stuck in a domestic partnership whenever I was the, the apex of the V in the relationship. Right, basically. right. Um, now, you've got people who have five or six people in their polycule. That's something entirely different. Um, I would definitely recommend that they go and re-up you know, the domestic partnership if, if that was agreeable to all people who were originally in it. Um, but I think it's kind of funny. I, I kind of chuckled a little whenever I read that about the 90-day waiting period. Basically, if you're going to get a divorce, you have to sit and wait. At, like I said, some states still have that. Um, in Georgia, you can get divorced and married in the same day, but not all states are like that. And I, I thought that was kind of funny whenever I read that. Well, see, and, oh, and, and I, I thought about that, too, because as, as someone who has been interviewing and speaking to different type of poly relationships and families and groups, I've met people who have poly families that range from five to six people all the way up to 11 to 12 people. Right. And you and I'm just like, well, how does that work? I mean, I thought well, about that when I, know I read guy, it, too. I know a guy in Florida. Um, I know he wouldn't mind me giving his name here, just Rob. Um, yes, that's, that's exactly who I'm talking about, Rob. Yeah. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. And he has 11 or 12 people in his polycule. And, like, one partner over here might not even have anything to do with this partner over here, but they're all linked. Right. And, you know, whenever his father died last year, it was so touching to see all of them come together. And it didn't matter how tangentially they might have been related to him in their relationship. They all came together to comfort him, to make sure he had food, you know, right. and doing the traditional Southern things for funerals, you know, and all this. And making sure he, he had, you know, company when he needed it and solitude when he didn't. And, I mean, I watched that, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That is how it's supposed to work and function and operate. Yeah. Um, so I, if they were to enter into a domestic partnership, you know, it would kind of suck that if one person died, then they'd all have to redo it again. But you know what? According to the, the ordinance, how I read it, it's actually pretty easy to do. You go to the city clerk, hey, this is what we're doing. Cool. Here's the paperwork. Fill it out. Done. I mean, you don't even have to have a ceremony. And wow. so I think that's that's great. Oh, wow. Right? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, see, right. me and you were talking about the same guy. Rob is a awesome person. Been, he comes on yes. the show at least once a month. I love talking to him because he's a very, very smart person extremely yeah. smart person um let me let me ask you this and i guess the question would be to both you and amethyst together do you foresee with this becoming more widely known 
also an influx, a place for influx for LGBT community moving towards Somerville or going there to getting recon- become more recognized relationships. Oh, absolutely. Because I know just as many people who are gay or lesbian in Polly um, as I do people who are heterosexual or pansexual or any of the other asexuals or, or anything else that are poly. Um, I, as a matter of fact, most of the people that I know that have polycules, I don't know. Ah, that's not true. I was about to say, I don't know too many heteronormative polycules, but that's not true. I've seen uh, – there's one in mind that I have in mind. Some folks I know here in Atlanta where um, person uh, – male-identified uh, person A – is married to female identified person B who's in a relationship with male identified person C, so on and so forth. So it's kind of like a zigzag. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And, and peop- the person at the end of the zigzag doesn't have anything to do with the person on the other end of the zigzag. Um, but no, I know just as many people, I mean, if not more, people who are especially in the gay male community. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put my neck out on the line and say this is going to be very popular because I know a lot of gay male identified people who are polyamorous or ethical non-monogamous and, and you amethyst your thoughts on it i think it will definitely become um that for people who are pansexual or bisexual um because i'm not limited to how many partners i can marry you know, um, or to or be in a union with. Yeah. Whereas normal society makes you choose. You know, doesn't matter how what type of person you love, you have to choose one of them to be with. Right. Uh, so this kind of takes care of that. Well, let me ask this because one thing I love talking to Sarah about. Sarah had, sees things differently when they're written down, whereas we tend to just take them as normal. But she reads in between the lines. So let's just say, Sarah, I decide to go to Somerville with Amethyst, and it's just me and her. And we decide to do our union there. Okay, do, am I understanding correctly, if I wish to, six months later, add someone else, I can just go back to Somerville and add them with us, or do we have to do the whole union over? Well, let's consult the actual document, and I can tell you. It is my understanding. Yeah, uh, the definition of domestic partner under Section 2502 says, a person who meets the criteria set out in subsection C, which means they are in a relationship of mutual support, caring, and commitment, and intended to remain in such a relationship. They reside together. They are not married. And they are not related by blood, closer than that would bar marriage in uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They are competent to contract. They consider themselves to be a family. So domestic partnership means the entity formed by people who meet the following criteria and jointly file a registration statement. So if the two of you went up there and filed your domestic partnership, I would say I don't hmm, – it doesn't address whether or not you can amend at okay. this point, for the sake of being clean legally, I would dissolve domestic partnership number one and create the best partnership number two. That's what I would do. 
Okay. Because it is silent as to whether or not you can amend a domestic partnership with an addition of partners or even a subtraction of partners. And I think they probably did that again on purpose to keep it clean where if you don't want this domestic partnership, doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, that is one thing that it does say about the dissolution uh, or the termination of a domestic partnership. It says uh, people who meet this criteria make an official register. I don't want to bore you all with all of the details here. Um, you got to sign everything to register it. And in order to terminate a domestic partnership other than by death, a domestic partnership may be terminated by any of by a domestic partner, so that means anybody can file with the city clerk by hand or certified mail a termination statement. Okay. Um, okay. So I think for the purposes of keeping it clean, then I would terminate it. So there doesn't have to be reason. It's not like a a divorce where you have to state grounds, you know, most right. states have an irreconcilable differences type um, ground um, and you don't have to prove, you know, show cause for the divorce, but you don't even have to go that far to terminate. You just have to have a notarized piece of paper that says, Hey, I'm terminating done. Right. And you know what? I think that's a good thing too. Now, what I find interesting here is that they don't address division of assets, liabilities and children as a result of domestic partnership. I think they might have majorly failed um, in that part. You know, we, we talked about earlier about what's right. the red flags. Right. Um, to me, that's a huge red flag because, you know, what happens if a child, you know, if you are in a domestic partnership in Massachusetts, let's say you're in Somerville, we're gonna make that part easy, and you have a child with one of your domestic partners, does that automatically legitimate them for the purposes of inheritance and custody and visitation rights? This is silent about that. And of course, as I'm sure everybody's figured out by now, family law is one of my major areas of practice. Um, say you do buy that house and you want to dissolve a domestic partnership. Well, who has the right to the house? Right. According to this, since it's silent on this, you would be as stuck in that mortgage indeed after the termination of the domestic partnership as you were before the creation of it. So, yeah. So that's kind of a sticky wicket right there. But I think if they were wise to remain silent on that, then the assumption would be dissolve the old one, create the new one. That's what I would advise somebody to do. Hey, guys. Um, I know we're down to the end of the show, and they all want to talk about this more, but I'll make you a promise. I will have Sarah Steele back on the show again as we keep watching Somerville, Massachusetts, Yay. to see how this evolves, how it grows, and what happens with it, and we'll constantly keep talking about it. Um, if you have any advice to anyone who's considering this type of union, Sarah, what would you say to them, or what advice would you give to them if they're considering going there, moving back, going there, and staying there? What advice would you give them? Well, I would definitely say that if you want to take the easy route in regards to making sure that your domestic partnership is rock solid legally from day one, go live in Somerville, Massachusetts, period. Um, if you don't mind being the one to stand up for the rights of all E&M people out there, then get married, come back to where it is, you know, you live or wherever you want to live, and then start the process. Because, like I said, some employers are going to be favorable 
Um, some mortgage companies are going to be favorable, et cetera. Some are not. And so somebody is going to have to stand up. Somebody is going to have to be the one to say enough and, you know, put it through the court system. Um, so manage your expectations reasonably. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel free uh, to reach out to me. I'm very easy to find on the uh, Facebook, um, Sarah Steele Atlanta. You can pretty much see me. I'm also very contactable through both Amethyst and Max. They'll be more than glad to give you my information. Most um, um, if you can remember this, my website is avrahamlaw.com, A-V is in Victor, R-A-H-A-M-L-A-W.com. Um, I'll be more than glad to speak to anybody specifically about their specific needs. Um, but yeah, I think that the biggest overarching uh, advice I could possibly give is uh, be prepared to manage your expectations in regards to what it is that you want. If you need an immediate fix and a permanent one, go live in Somerville. If you want to, you know, wait for it to go through the court system and, and help stand up for all of us who might be so interested in such a domestic partnership, then yeah, absolutely go back to where Go back from to where you came from, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, start pushing it through the court system. And please call me because if you're in Georgia, I'll be more than glad to represent you. Okay. That would be just like an amazing, amazing case for me. And yes, Mac, please have me back for this and other things. Now that I know that just Rob has a regular, you know, monthly gig, and since you know I'm the one that introduced the two of you, I'm going to get in on the monthly gig too. Well, yeah, see, you thought well, I'd forgotten, didn't no, you? No, 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 I did. Um, it's just that, and I'll be honest with you, the reason I have not had you on the show as much, you have been going through some personal things. Oh, my, my life is hell. Right, and uh, with your health and everything. And whenever it's not hell, it is so busy, I can't find my ass with both hands, as my mother right. would say. See, so I, was I like, absolutely okay. understand. I am joshing with you so I know much, that, I, I know that, but I, so I, much. I, I I wanted, and I and I'm not even gonna lie about this. Master Inferno, he was supposed to be on the show every month, yeah. but he's been yeah, busy he with me. this stuff with COVID nineteen, and I was like, I'm not bothering that man. I'm just not. Well, you know, him. everything happened this year. You know, we've got there was some significant deaths in his family and my family, and then just about the time that started calming down, then COVID hit, and then. I mean, I'm not shy to talk about it at all. I was re-diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, for the four, uh, third time. Right. I'm having a double mastectomy on Friday. I mean, and it's been a struggle because that's been rescheduled three times. Right. So, no, I, I totally get it. I yeah. absolutely understand. But yeah. I'm going to hold you to it, Mac. Oh, not a problem. You know. Not a problem. Now that I know y'all guys are getting settled, I'm good. Um, and yeah, I've got some interesting coming out stories at the ripe young age of 46. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about that. We definitely would. Amethyst, any final thoughts from you with anyone who's considering this venture? Um, I have to agree with Sarah. You know, if, if there's something that you want right now, sounds like Somerville is going to be a good place to move to. Um, but for the rest of us who are willing to do the fight, I say go do it and go back to your hometown and let the chips fall where they may. See, she's saying that because she's my partner and she wants to fight. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a problem. I already knew. I already, I already know where we were going with that. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so hey guys, I appreciate you listening. And for those of you in Asia and Africa who are now listening, um, I thank you, thank you so much. I knew we had a large audience in Europe and Russia, but when we got notified that we were 
now in Asia and Africa. I appreciate you so, so much and continue to keep listening and we'll keep keeping you up to date on the different things that are going on here in the United States, whether they would be within our community or the, our world period, whether they are anything to do with black lives, sex, relationships, education, community awareness. We're going to keep it coming to you. Remember, I always tell you guys to be smart, have fun, and be safe. And, you know, the last thing I always say to everybody on the show is this. We're put on this earth to help somebody. And if you can't do anything to help them, all I ask you is you don't do anything to harm them. And with that being said, I'm going to say thank you to my guest. And we are going to to say goodbye to you guys and good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.